Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Wednesday, November 29th, 2023. Coming up, Phil Giraldi, and I will ask him the question, is the United States an honest broker between Israel and Hamas? But first this. Judge Napolitano here. The world is falling apart and the government wants to spend money to try and save it. The Israelis are defending themselves from the greatest onslaught in their history. Ukraine is collapsing. We are trying to fund both on borrowed money and borrowed time. The Federal Reserve keeps raising interest rates so everything you own is worth less and everything you earn can buy less. What can you do about it? You can buy gold and silver, the most stable commodity on the planet in the past 3,000 years. The government can't print more of it and can't interfere with it. Where should you buy your gold and silver? Do what I did and go to Lear Capital. Call 800-511-4620 or go to learjudgesnap.com. You'll have a very interesting conversation with a very knowledgeable person. No heavy pressure. And if you want to diversify what's in your IRA from stocks and mutual funds, consider physical gold and silver. Ask about a gold-backed IRA IRA. You can take this information and discuss it with your spouse. And when you call, find out if you can qualify for up to $15,000 in bonus gold or silver. Call today, 800-511-4620, LearJudgeNap.com. When you talk to them, tell them the judge sent you. Phil, welcome back, uh, my dear friend. You have uh, written an extensive piece uh, on the various uh, PR uh, pressures that the government of Israel uh, has put on the Congress of the United States. Let's start with some basics. What is APAC? A-I-P-A-C? Well, APAC is, is, is uh, generally seen as the most powerful and most direct component of what is referred to as the Israel lobby. Uh, APAC stands for American Israel Public Affairs Committee. And uh, if you go to their website, you will see that they are very open about uh, saying that they exist basically to support Israel uh, in, in its relationship with the United States, meaning uh, they are there to make sure Israel maximizes what it gets out of that relationship in terms of, of weapons, in terms of money. And in the, the thing that most people forget about but it's maybe the most important thing is political cover. The United States gives political cover to Israel in organizations like the United Nations, for example. So Israel is never held accountable for anything. Uh, 
So that's basically well, uh, what well, this the, all comes Are the, uh, the APAC people foreign agents? I mean, they're lobbying for a foreign government to the American government. If you or I became agents of uh, the government of Italy, we'd have to register uh, with the Justice Department in order to do it. It's perfectly lawful, but you have to tell the feds that you've become a foreign agent. Yeah, well, I, I can address that pretty well because I've had the government accuse me of um, wanting to attend a conference hosted by an Iranian group that the, they did not approve of. And the several Americans and myself who wanted to go just to attend this conference uh, were told that we would be uh, subject to criminal penalty penalties under the Foreign Agents Registration Act of 1938, which basically says that anyone acting uh, on behalf of a foreign government under direction of a foreign government, which APAC definitely does, as well as probably 20 other groups um, that support Israel that I could probably come up with <laughs> in, in, in mentioning um, that uh, it does this, but the United States government is afraid to try to make it register. John F. Kennedy was the last president who tried to do so, and uh, many believe he paid the price for that. Wow. Uh, so this is a foreign lobbying group that lobbies the federal government but they don't register as foreign agents. What does it mean to register as a foreign agent? Do you still just fill out a form, or do they monitor what you do? Do they treat you as if you're a spy? Well, in a, in a sense, they do. Uh, the, the thing is, if you register under FARA, uh, your accounts become open to see where you're getting your money from, because um, many of these groups are, are uh, tax-exempt. So they, they don't even have uh, much transparency in terms of where their money comes from. And also the big thing is that you have to be accountable for the meetings that you have with uh, embassy officials here in the United States, and you have to be transparent about what you discuss. So this would be a big burden on top of a group like APAC, where they actually would have to talk about how they're subverting the United States government. That would be a problem for them. What, what about uh, the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League? Are they in the same category uh, as APAC? Uh, ADL plays it a little bit differently. They, uh, they tend to focus more on um, what they see as anti-Semitism and other issues like that in the United States. But the fact is, of course, they are also 100% all in favor of Israel. And the trick they pull is to uh, make it appear that uh, people who criticize Israel do so because they're anti-Semites. And of course, if you're an anti-Semite, that could be construed as a hate crime. And again, we're criminalizing free speech in this sense. If I say something that uh, they disapprove of, ADL disapproves of about Israel, they'll say I'm an anti-Semite just on that basis. And uh, they will come after me and they will have their uh, lackeys in the U.S. government come after me too. What happened with the uh, Iranian conference? Did you end up going or not going? Uh, I ended up not going because I got a very specific letter from the uh, Justice Department telling me that I could be fined up to, and this was, this was what was funny about it, I could be fined up to $321,000 if <laughs> I went to this conference. Where did they get that number from? 
exactly. There was, there was no explanation for it. So somebody must have pulled it out of his behind. But you know, it's just, it was incredible. And none of the other Americans who were invited to this conference, all of whom were, you know, decent anti-war type people, uh, we were all afraid to go. None of us went. Wow. Uh, yesterday, the House of Representatives voted by a vote of 412 to 1 to 1. So there was one dissent and there was one abstention uh, to equate opposition to the Netanyahu government with anti-Semitism. Now, this is just a resolution of the House. It's not legislation. Uh, but I, I often wonder why they do these things. The the one and the one were uh, the abstainer was Congressman Talib, uh, who was herself Palestinian, who was disciplined by uh, the House uh, two weeks ago because she sang a song using a phrase from the river to the sea. Uh, the dissenter was the model of personal courage and constitutional fidelity, in my view, Congressman Thomas Massey. Uh, of uh, Kentucky, who basically was of the view that this was uh, not for the government to do, to get involved in this uh, kind of thing. But why does the government do these things? And why are the numbers so overwhelming? 412, there's 435 members of the House, there are a few vacancies, and there were a few people not there. 412 to one to one. How does something get that lopsided? Well, uh, the simple answer is it's because they're under the thumb of the Israel lobby. Uh, and um, Israel has penetrated our government system very effectively through the lobby. And uh, this is what you get out of the other end. As far as these people are concerned, you have uh, there is a First Amendment and you have freedom of speech in the United States unless you're saying something about Israel. And this is this is appalling. This is disgusting. But the fact is they get away with it because they have such influence, uh, or I, I would even go further, control uh, over many congressmen. They, um, they um, are major donors to congressmen, uh, and this has an impact. Uh, they have major, major influence over what appears in the media, and this has a major impact on politicians running for office. And... Uh, and and basically, as um, you open a newspaper today, you are you go on um, watch television news live. Uh, every other story is about anti-Semitism. So this is pounded into the American brain that this is a, a criminal thing um, to believe that someone like Benjamin Netanyahu uh, is beyond criticism because the criticism is anti-Semitism and the hell with the First Amendment. I mean, that is really absurd. Netanyahu was under fierce criticism from Israelis, his popular, uh, his uh, his poll ratings are down worse than Joe Biden's. He heads a minority uh, government. Uh, most uh, secular Jews can't, in, in Israel, can't stand him. Uh, and yet members of Congress suffer uh, terribly uh, if they publicly criticize him. Were these lobbying groups involved uh, in bringing the United States to the invasion uh, of Iraq, one of the most um, ill-guided um, uh, military disasters of the modern era? Well, uh, uh, I would have to say, yes, they were. They were supportive of uh, the invasion of Iraq, just as they've been uh, constantly bleeding about how they uh, 
uh, want the United States to uh, take on um, uh, Iran. Um, I was uh, reading the uh, um, uh, some news items today, and they were saying, making the point that Iran is threatening us through what has been happening in Syria and uh, and Iraq. Well, what's happening in Syria and Iraq is we are illegally occupying uh, both those countries militarily. But this kind of stuff goes on and on. But the uh, Iraq War was primarily uh, instigated by a group of, geo of uh, Jewish neoconservatives who were primarily located in the Pentagon. This was the Office of Special Plans. This was Paul Wolfowitz. This was a number of people that were working together and producing fake intelligence to make the case that Iraq was a threat to the United States, which was a total fantasy. But this is the basis that we essentially went to war on. And uh, these were the people that did it. And uh, this was more the neocons in government uh, rather than these groups initiating it. But the groups were right on board as, as soon as these uh, narratives came out. Who is um, Amos Hochstein and what is his, re his relationship to the American government and the Israeli government? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Yeah, this is an interesting story that just kind of came out um, a couple of days ago. And uh, Amos Hochstein is a uh, is uh, has recently been appointed by the president as his envoy um, to Israel and Lebanon in an effort, apparently, to keep that situation from exploding. Now, that's the that's the explanation for it. But the funny thing is, Hochstein is an Israeli. Uh, he's Jewish. Um, he served in the Israeli army. After he got out of the army, he came to Washington, and uh, this was in the 90s, and he basically went off like a rocket. His, his trajectory through the offices uh, started with a Jewish congressman, uh, went on from there. He was, uh, for some time under Obama, the State Department's energy person. And as far as the author of, of, of some of the pieces I've seen on Hochstein, uh, he doesn't even have a college degree. And uh, so anyway, now he is the man uh, in Israel and Lebanon, and he's um, basically an Israeli. Now, where is the U.S. interest in this, and why would anyone be crazy enough to appoint an Israeli to go and mediate a situation uh, involving Israel, particularly as in this case, there is a great deal of money on the table. Uh, the concern is that 
if Gaza is basically destroyed, which is uh, possibly what is in the cards right now, uh, the Israelis will have access to uh, a great deal of uh, gas and oil reserves that are right off the coast of Gaza. That'll be under the control of Israel. And it's worth billions and billions of dollars. So this is a whole strange little thing that's happening here. Is there any precedent of which you're aware from your experience in the military and in uh, the intelligence community for the president of the United States to dispatch a person who's a citizen of a foreign country to represent the United States in negotiation between that country of which he is a citizen and another country at which the other at war. Hochstein is, a, is an Israeli and a citizen of Israel, and he supposedly is negotiating in behalf of Joe Biden, correct me if I'm wrong, Phil, between Israel and Lebanon. Do I have that right? Well, the question is, what could go right? I mean, basically, this is a guy whose uh, fundamental loyalty is to Israel. His mother and father currently live in Israel. Uh, he was educated as far as far as he was educated in Israel. He served in the military in Israel uh, and he's over here like a carpetbagger. And uh, this guy is going to do what's right for Israel. And uh, why should anyone question that that will be where he'll come down? Have you ever heard of this before? The president of the United States designating a citizen of a foreign country to mediate in behalf of the United States between that other country of which, he, of which he's a citizen and their adversary. Uh, the interesting aspect of this is that um, uh, he still is an Israeli citizen. So you wonder how he got a security clearance. Uh, I have heard many cases, of course, where people were born in other countries and emigrated to the United States. And when they came American, become American citizens, they have to renounce their uh, their other loyalties and, and give up uh, their frequently give up their passports. And this, here we have a case where a guy is a is a current citizen of a foreign country that is involved in serious negotiations, and uh, he essentially has been given this job where he will be doing things that could benefit that foreign country. So this is really odd. What can you tell us about a guy by the name of Itamar Ben-Gavir, who's the uh, Minister of National Security uh, in the um, Netanyahu administration uh, and who opposed the hostage swap uh, and opposed the truces that uh, came about in order to produce the hostage swaps? Well, Ben-Gavir is the ultimate hardliner. He's a guy who who believes and has pushed uh, uh, forward legislation uh, that basically says if a Palestinian is protesting about something, uh, the nearest soldier can shoot him dead and uh, there will be no consequences. So this is where his head is. Uh, he is one of several cabinet ministers in the Netanyahu cabinet who are fully in favor of eradicating uh, Gaza. And mm. uh, this is... Uh, and, and there's also, of course, one cabinet minister who's in favor of using a nuclear weapon to do it. So this is the kind of thinking we're getting out of Israel at this time. And also bear in mind, there's a lot of stuff going on in the West Bank where the remainder of the Palestinians live. There have been over 200 Palestinians killed uh, by police and military and by armed settlers 
since all of this uh, started. And there have been over uh, 2,000, I saw, I think the number was 2,300 Palestinians who've been arrested in what they call preventive detention, where the government doesn't even have to charge them. It just throws them in jail. Well, the people that have been arrested are called prisoners. The people that have been kidnapped are called hostages. I think they're both hostages. Um, uh, Al Jazeera reported this morning that uh, as soon as the Israelis released 39 Palestinian hostages, they began arresting and they arrested 133 more. So do these negotiators who arrange for these hostage swaps, uh, did they forget to prohibit the the kidnapping of more hostages? Yeah, that's that's the funny part of it. And I and I noticed that right away when they came to this agreement. I said, my God, these people are going to be released, but they're still going to be on the West Bank and the Israelis could turn around and rearrest them the next day. Uh, and it, the whole thing doesn't make any sense. This is uh, 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 let's see, you know, let's see in the next 24, 48 hours how all this kind of stuff plays out, whether this leads to something that maybe is more definitive or something that uh, humanitarian. No, I hesitate to use that word. Uh, but let's let's see where it goes, because the whole thing doesn't it lacks a certain credibility. Mr. Um, ben Gavir, I guess, is in charge of the Israeli police when they're in the West Bank or when they're in Gaza, and he has prohibited demonstrations of joy. He has prohibited these public demonstrations where the uh, Palestinian uh, hostages uh, arrive from the Israeli jail, and then they're greeted with large crowds and much enthusiasm. And he has attempted to suppress that uh, joy by instructing the Israeli police to use an iron fist in which to do so. How does a, a character like this become in charge of the police in a place like Palestine? Well, you know, he basically, uh, he has a certain song that he sings that appeals to uh, Netanyahu and his crew. It's, uh, this guy is not there by accident. He's, uh, he's been rewarded for what he is and what he says. And, he, and um, uh, bear in mind how this all started back in October 6th, 7th. Um, ben Gavir also is in charge of the police in Jerusalem. Oh. And um, there was um, a mob of armed settlers um, at the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which is one of Islam's holiest sites, who were attacking uh, worshipers. And uh, they were doing this with the police standing there and watching it. Uh, was this a contrived incident to start another incident, maybe over in Gaza, which is now being exploited to to basically carry out a genocide. I don't know, but that has that's certainly moving around in my head. So I, I, you know, these these people are some of these people. If you listen to them talk, they're fundamentally evil. They they are quite willing to kill thousands and maybe even millions of people or force them to uh, to leave their homes and push them into uh, Egypt or push them into Jordan into a refugee camp. They're quite happy to do that, and this is disgraceful. And Biden the, should, be, should be the one pushing back on this, but he's not. 
The uh, Telegram has uh, reported that um, Hamas was rehearsing for the October 7th attack since last December, so December of 22. So that would mean 10 months of rehearsal. Uh, And the Financial Times has reported that a group of about five female IDF members, uh, young women who were trained to operate uh, tanks, uh, noticed uh, an extraordinary amount of uh, use of drones as if the drones were practicing something on the Gaza side of the border between Gaza and Israel. Uh, and these young women reported it to their bosses who basically just dismissed what they said. The, the last of the reports was on October 6th. Uh, how could the vaunted uh, Mossad have been so wrong, uh, arrogant, indifferent? Or do you think Bibi knew about this ahead of time? Well, um, I would say they were all of that. But I think in addition to that, there is, at least I believe, there is a political element that this was allowed to happen. And that would have to go up to the top levels of the Netanyahu government. Uh, I believe that because there's just too much evidence that this was known. The Israelis also had their own informants inside Gaza who were probably seeing these training exercises. So this was all being reported. And uh, the fact that they did not react to it, respond to it in what what one would think is a normal way indicates to me that there is another level we're looking at. A level that probably will not be exposed until the war is over and there's an investigation of what Prime Minister Netanyahu knew and uh, and when when he knew it. I say when the war is over. He stays in office, I would think, for as long as uh, the war goes on. So he has an incentive to keep the war going on. What will happen uh, when these uh, prisoner swaps are over? Will the IDF go back to... Uh, annihilating the Gazan people and trying to force them totally out of uh, Gaza, even uh, aiming weapons at South Gaza, where they told the northern Gaza residents to go to for safety? Well, I suspect that's the next phase. Uh, Netanyahu keeps repeating that the military aspect of this uh, will be returned to after the swaps are over. So I w- that's why I would expect the next 48 hours or so, we're going to be seeing where this is going to be going. What's your feeling? I think we're going to see a lot more blood. Okay. Wow. Thank you, Phil. Thank you for your uh, analysis and for your time. As unpleasant as these topics are, it is uh, gratifying uh, to hear your um, analysis and and explanation uh, of what it is. All the best to you, my friend. Well, thank you for having me on again. Of of course. Uh, Coming up at uh, 4 o'clock Eastern, uh, the great Professor John Mearsheimer and a special guest at 5 o'clock Eastern, Max Blumenthal, Judge Napolitano. Oh, keep remembering to uh, subscribe. We're up to 241,000. Our goal is a quarter of a million by Christmas. So we have a few weeks left. Thank you for helping us get as far as uh, we have. Like and subscribe and tell your friends. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.